0: When a child is diagnosed with a serious, life-threatening illness, everyone in the family is affected. These stories from those families will move and inspire you. The children are gentle and determined. The parents are resilient and courageous. Courageous Parents Network provides a safe space that supports and empowers them, validating their experiences and promoting their stories so that others may also find hope and strength. Welcome, to the Courageous Parents Network podcast series. Cheerful, laughing Abby was 11 years old when doctors discovered a large cancerous tumor in her shoulder. After a tough battle, Abby died at home with hospice support at age 14. Her loving parents, Amy and Scott, and her younger sister will forever hold her in their hearts.
1: The thing I remember most about Before Abby got sick was, we had just, we had the best years, I think, of our lives. We had two beautiful girls, we had so much fun, and the girls are best friends. It really was idyllic. We even have a picket fence on our house. And I know at the time, I used to think, these are the happiest times of our life. And I didn't even know it was coming. My name is Amy Novit, and I am the mother of Abigail and uh, the wife of Scott.
2: And my name is Scott Keogh. I am the husband and father of Abigail Keogh.
1: It was right after Abby had gotten out of fifth grade, and we were over at a friend's house at their swimming pool. And my friend said, is there something wrong with Abby's shoulder? And I looked over, and I said, no, I think it's just the way she's standing. And then we were swimming, and it was getting towards dinner time. And I looked over it, and she said, are you sure there's nothing wrong with Abby's shoulder? And I looked over, and there was a huge lump on Abby's shoulder. And I stared at it, and I said, how... where did that come from? How did that get there? I literally didn't see it. And... We made phone calls right away, got to the doctor, the next day, Children's Hospital, and uh, it all just snowballed from there.
2: It was, I think, surprising, looking back on it, um, how quickly everything happened in terms of getting her into treatment. I remember when we first met with the um, surgeon who saw us through the next uh, three and a half years that he immediately was sort of prepping us that this was gonna be cancerous.
1: In fact, the doctors had ordered chemo before we even got the biopsy results because they were so sure.
2: And I remember specifically having a conversation with my brother complaining about how the doctors were all talking and leading us that this is cancer, 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 and we don't even really know yet. And Amy got a phone call, and within five minutes of that conversation, she came in and she goes, they confirmed, um, and the type of cancer it was. I mean, that was the other thing, is that they were telling us it was a sarcoma, and so Amy and I were being very studious and reading up on sarcomas, and we both knew which was the worst kind in terms of being untreatable or not responding well to treatment. And uh, that was the other kicker. And in fact, it was essentially the most untreatable kind of pleomorphic sarcoma. And I think like within 15 minutes of that final phone call, we took both the girls upstairs and, and took them into our bedroom and sat them both down to tell them,
1: We said, um, we got news back from the doctor, and, um, the tumor is cancerous. And the first thing that Abby said was, am I going to die? And we said, we're going to do everything that we can to make you well. And she seemed to accept that.
2: I... Was and still am uh, pretty proud that Amy and I were able to keep it all together and just do what we needed to do uh, to get this started and learn about protocols, <laughs> which was a word that we came to despise after a while. Um, But yeah, it was quite, uh, thinking back even as we're talking now, realizing, wow, what a sea change in our lives and our focus during those first months and during the first protocol. I mean, the first protocol was basically, uh, I believe six, it was more than six, uh, treatments of uh, chemo and uh, Abby having to stay in the hospital for at least four days during the treatment cycle and then coming home. Um, they were prepping her for surgery basically at the time it was chemo, then surgery to remove the tumor, and then more chemo to hopefully kill off anything else that might be left behind. So Abby had her surgery in the fall, they removed the tumor, which uh, as the intern surgeon uh, gleefully told us, and uh, Abby did chuckle over it, it was the size of a softball, it was a very big tumor. Unfortunately, uh, chemo into the winter and this is now getting into the winter of 2012 Um, and then we had a bit of a reprieve but uh, at least in the spring winter spring of 2012 she was cancer free for at least that or nothing was showing on the scans she got scans um, of course in the summer and I believe it was the summer they started noticing little dots that might turn into something.
1: There was a spot on her lungs It was metastasized. And at that point, the oncologist said, it's, that's it, that's the beginning of the end, and more spots will appear. But on the next set of scans, there was still just one spot, and I said, what if it's just that one spot? What if? What if we could get it, and that was it? And they said, it's not really likely... And then we talked to our surgeon, and he said, you know what, it's not a slam dunk. He said, what if it is just that one spot, and what if we get it, and what if the margins are clear? Let's try it. Um, And so Abby had lung surgery to remove that spot, and it was very painful. Um, Recovery was tough, Um, although two weeks later she was up and dancing at a friend's party. Um, But once again, we were hopeful, um, and that lasted until... The next set of scans and there were more spots in other places as well as her lungs and at that point that's when we knew that it was probably progressing more and would not be treatable
2: basically by 2014 we knew we were going to have to start preparing uh, for things like hospice and um, the inevitability of what this disease was going to lead to and As parents, that's the worst thing. One of the things, one of the sort of things that I would start thinking about even when I was out in the world, grocery shopping, for instance, going to one of the big box stores, is i've always been somebody who looks at expiration dates to make sure i'm getting the freshest can of beans or or beer for that matter and it would start crossing my mind would, would abby be alive um on this date and it uh kind of me getting hung up on dates um was something i remember and still still think about now, I think about the chronology a lot, which uh, maybe to my detriment.
1: Abby had a, a goal date in mind. She was in hospice in November and December of 2014. And um, at one point, maybe mid-December, she said, I want to make it to New Year's Day. That was her goal. And um, when New Year's Day came, January 1st, um, I remember specifically being able to tell her, Happy New Year. You made it to New Year's Day. And uh, I was so happy that she made her goal. Um, and then she died the next day. She died on January 2nd.
2: I remember when she actually passed, that it was just seemed to me like, I don't know, it was a calmness that I felt. I was like, oh, Glad that she's in a comfy chair and she's at home.
1: When Abby died, the thing that I remember most is the profound absence of her uh, anymore. It was like she had been in the room even though she had been sleeping, um, and then suddenly it was so very clear that she was not in the room anymore. There's such a spark of being alive, and when someone's not alive anymore, it's just profoundly noticeable, and their absence is um, its palpable. You know that they're not there anymore.
2: I realize, too, how much this is now part of our lives and how we're going to think about it at some point every day, and... And that it does sneak up on you. And that you can get through a day, you can get through work. Um, usually if you're distracted. But then there'll be a little thing uh, that happens. And for me, I have a very long commute back and forth to my office. And it's inevitable at some point I'll think about Abby or or what ifs or or, or good or bad stories. And uh, it's, it's just part of the life, our life now. And having... Having her sister and her whole life ahead of her, I think, helps us get through this. But at the same time, it's just an ever-present part of your life. And it is, a, uh, it is still shocking that that's part of our real life, is that we have a, a 14-year-old daughter who passed from cancer.
0: The music you heard in this episode was by Chris Zabriskie. Please visit courageousparentsnetwork.org for more stories of courage, wisdom, and compassion.